Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. Say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. This is Leafs Morning Take with Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill. Now we've got a fight started here right off the bat with Rosehill. 30 minutes of live, nonstop Leafs talk starts now. Well, finally, the big day is here from Music City. It's Nick Alberga and Jay Rosehill getting set for night one, round one of the NHL draft. What's up, Rosie? All right, buddy. I'm more concerned about what you're getting up to down there. Is the South treating you all right or what? I was deliberating on my 25 minute walk here today, Rosie. Life choices? We need to find a way. We need to find a way to name this show Leafs Afternoon Take because Leafs Morning Take, especially when you're on the road and you're at Tootsie's and you're on Lower Broadway in Nashville, it catches up to you in a hurry when we record this show. Welcome to my world, man. We're doing this at 9 a.m. my time. You're not even on mountain time yet, so get used to the struggle, buds. Yeah, no, I'm feeling good, man. I'm a team player. Um, I actually pick up my game in moments of need. Uh, so we're bringing it for sure today. I wanted to ask you off the top, it is draft day, and let's not lose sight of the fact that this is a massive day for a lot of families and kids, and it's the day you dream of as a hockey player growing up. What do you remember about being drafted in the National League? <clears throat> Yeah, I remember, man. It was like, uh, well, first of all, I, I got ranked on central scouting and I had no idea. Like we were a family, like we play, we had three kids in hockey and stuff, but we weren't invested like crazy in all the, all the inner workings of it. My folks weren't. And a kid at school brought me the hockey news and my name was on the central scouting list. And I was like, holy smoke. So I was like, oh, well. And then, um, you know, draft day came. I didn't know what to expect. I literally got out of the shower and was drying off and getting dressed. My mom came in. She said, someone's on the phone for you. And it was the Tampa Bay Lightning saying they, they picked me up. And I, my, I just remember, you know, I was 17 years old, turning 18. And I was just, uh, you know, to have your name beside something with the NHL logo involved. And it was just beyond anything that, that I, uh, you know, could understand. And it's what I wanted. It's what I worked for. It's what I tried to get and to have like that one step happen doesn't mean you get to do anything it just means you know someone's protected you and now you're part of that organization it was a it was a big day it was amazing for me even as a lowly seventh rounder like myself 
Oh, still, man, everybody, you know, I've met a lot of people who say that, well, I was a fifth rounder. I was a sixth rounder, dude. It doesn't matter. You can still, you're an elite class where you can say that you were drafted in the NHL. It really does not matter in my world. Yeah, it's uh, it's not about uh, going there and giving your mom and dad a hug and putting the jersey on, taking the yeah. pictures with the GMs, but uh, getting a phone call coming out of the shower on uh, some random Saturday was pretty pretty special for me anyway. Yeah, you barely got a phone call at that. Remember to subscribe, tap that like button, leave us through wherever checking us out at the Leafs Nation 401 here on YouTube. If you're watching right now and not subscribed, what are you doing? At the Leafs Nation 401. Additionally, we're available wherever you find your podcast. Just search Leafs Morning Take. Don't forget to visit theleafsnation.com for the very latest on all things Toronto Maple Leafs. Thoughts, comments, questions, or concerns, you can drop us a line in the chat down below here on YouTube. YouTube, excuse me. We'll get to it a bit later on the show, but for now, let's get over the boards. But we'll start with Brad Tree Living meeting with the media before the draft yesterday. And the first thing that came out, Sheldon Keefe's back. We're not stunned at that. Yeah, that's not a huge surprise by any means. We kind of looked like that was where it was going. But to confirm it is good. Um, you know, I had my reservations at the end of the season. I was basically backwards of what they did. I was thinking, you know, unload Keefe and keep Dubas. And they did the opposite, which I don't think is bad. I think, uh, you know, from what I hear, he, he's he's a good coach. Um, you look at the numbers and the records that he's got, obviously regular season, and they're just like, you can't fire a guy that, that does that with a team. So um, to have him back, I think is good. I, I, I think he's got that room. I think he's got their respect. Um, I don't think there's any reason that you should be canning this guy. I understand their playoff woes. Everyone does. Everyone's trying to figure it out. Everyone's trying to piece together the uh, the reasoning for it and and the the fix for it. And obviously, no one in the organization thinks that uh, firing Keith is getting you any closer to the Stanley Cup. So understandable and uh, move on here. Move forward with Keith. So the only thing, the only rebuttal I'll offer is like, I love playing the blame game. As you know, I blame you on a daily basis for the poor numbers for this show. But that's my wonder. That's my concern is like the blame game. Like who's at fault in this situation? Like who's taking the blame for losing to the Florida Panthers? And ultimately, I still wonder about the leash of, of Sheldon Keefe. Like, let's not get past the fact that there's a new GM likely at some point in time will bring in his guy, quote unquote. I just wonder what that leash looks like for Sheldon Keefe. Yeah, I don't know, man. I would you like, you know, we f- Fear running it back again. And I mean, it's a term that's used around Leafs Nation all the time. Um, It's just, you know, wasted seasons and more of the same. And, you know, uh, you know, I came into covering this team. Um, very positive. You got to give them a chance. The media is is part of the problem, and we got to support and be positive. And and I was very much like that. But you know, you still look at you know, okay, we didn't get it done. Like again, you couldn't get by the Florida Panthers. Good job getting out of the first round. That's great. Haven't done that in twenty years. Embarrassingly enough, mm-hmm. we got through over, over that hump, and that was great. But again, just flat, 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 flat as could be. And I mean, I took some heat from certain people about my assessment of Mitch Marner. Mm-hmm. And, and his style of play, especially in the playoffs. But somebody tell me why that's not going to happen again. You know, uh, the GM change is, is nice, but is he handcuffed so much that he can't really make any changes to this roster? Uh, it's yet to be seen. That's why we're here at the draft, starting to see if some changes and moves get made. But you, you just, you'd hate to see 
not enough change be made. They go and have a 110-point season again. Uh, so-and-so gets this point. So-and-so gets this many goals. And you get into the playoffs and you just, oh, we just can't score that big goal in the elimination game. And, oh, man, we lost in game five. Like, what the hell? And that's what everyone, I think, is trying to address. And I hope that Sheldon Keefe himself is addressing it, saying, what can I do differently? What what changes do I need to be made to prevent that from happening again? And I'm sure he's doing that. He's a, He's a professional. It really is a definition of insanity. And we've talked about this almost ad nauseum the last couple put out in five games by the Florida Panthers. Just uh, running it back just makes no sense. And at this point, it sounds like they're going to run it back with the core four. There's a new GM in place. The coach is coming back. There's going to be a new assistant coach. But like that's the contrarian thought opposing what you and I have been saying the last couple months. Run it back. And take another kick at the can. I mean, there's so many examples of teams that have done that in recent memory. And that's the opposite, you know, sort of mind frame when looking at this situation. Yeah. And you, uh, you can change a team a lot by making small teams. Every year is different. Mm -hmm. And I mean, I've played on teams where it's very similar than the team the year before. Are you going to go from the basement to a championship team by moving out an assistant coach? No, but when you do have a good team and you just need to tweak and tinker things, there is reason to believe that, you know, blowing that up will only set you back, especially when you can't get what you feel you're deserved for the players that you're going to move out. And there, there is rationale behind I guess, running it back to a certain degree. And this team is a quality team. It's a good team. They've proved that in the playoffs. But in my mind, it's a mental thing. It's a tinker with their approach to the game and their approach to playoffs and how they need to change and understand that things do change in the playoffs and their game needs to change accordingly. And teams have done it before. And and it's going to be a different outlook in the fall. They're going to have a different attitude. They're going to have some different personnel. And I mean, you look at, say, the, the, the Washington Capitals, you could say they struggled along and just underperformed in the playoffs like crazy for a long time. And then lo and behold, boom, they win a Stanley Cup with, uh, you know, tinkering around and running it back and getting the formula right and getting the job done. So that's what it looks like they're trying to do unless some big, big moves get made here this uh, this coming week. Man, just just waiting from from the least perspective. It's been so quiet. But again, I think I understand why they've got some big time conversations they're having with Austin Matthews, William Nylander. Obviously, the next three or four days will decide the fate one way or another of Willie Nylander getting to the latest buzz. Now I talked about this yesterday when we had Frank Saravalli on the show, this utter stupidity surrounding the fact that Brad tree living can't be at the draft table until the Calgary flames select that 16th overall is fucking ridiculous to me. And sorry, we don't like swearing anymore on this show, but I think it is ridiculous. Rosie. It's a little silly. Um, you don't really see that too often, but when you have, you know, the rights of a guy or blah, 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 he's part of your organization. He moves along and the information that he has being part of those, those meetings and the scouting meetings and the, you know, the, the strategy meetings and what are we going to do at the draft? And do we have kind of a, a pick in our pocket that we think, you know, we can jump on that no one else sees, you know, those little things that every team has going into a draft. I guess they feel like Brad tree living can't be part of it until they, they do their business and then go ahead and take your control with the Leafs. But the silly thing to me is like, do you think this day and age sitting at the bloody table makes any difference? You think he's not on the phone talking about whatever the hell he needs to, to, to talk about it. It just seems silly to say you can't be in the building in person because you could do something detrimental to the flames with your knowledge. It's like, 
He could send one text and and say anything exactly. he needs to say. He could say everything he needs to say before the draft. Every piece of information he knows about the Flames and their strategy, as if he even cares. He's got enough on his plate figuring out what to do with the Toronto Maple Leafs. It is silly, and I don't know why they enforced it. Yeah, I wonder if they're confiscating his phone. Maybe he can't use his phone for the entire day. But like, I, I just think it's utterly ridiculous. Um, and that was the first thing that he sort of disclosed yesterday. But you're so right. Like, you can call somebody, you can text somebody, and again, a lot of that is happening with the Pittsburgh Penguins. Like, from for the best of my knowledge, and we talked about this yesterday, Cal Dubis will be there, you know, making the selections with the Pittsburgh Penguins. I, I just think we're we're caught in like 1994, and it's 2023. It is weird. Like, why isn't the same apply for Kyle Dubas? I think that yeah. uh, the, the powers that be at the Leafs don't really see a value in or even a even reasonable rationality behind putting that in place when you know damn well it's not going to change anything of any outcome to do with the draft. Yeah, well, knowing Kyle Dubas' uh, um, past with the draft picks, maybe they want him sending state secrets. Maybe that's, uh, that's the case here for the Pittsburgh Penguins. Easy. All right, so more on true living, Rosie. Um, the big topic the last couple of days, and we've talked about this a lot the last week, 88, you know, and Willie Nylander and 34 and in Austin Matthews, like everything stems through them when you're having the Maple Leafs conversation and, and coming full circle. That's why I think the Leafs haven't been overly active. I think until they get an answer one way or another, like we think obviously Austin Matthews is coming back. We think Willie Nylander, they're going to find a way to get the job done. But I think there's just so much stemming from that. They really can't do anything else. So I love this. It's like the new we can and we will. I don't know if you recall that line from Cal Dubas, but uh, yesterday, Brad Tree Living saying, I'm confident we're going to get both players signed until proven otherwise. What do you make of that? Hmm. Yeah, it's just such a big deal, a big contract. Guys are waiting to kind of see what happened. I don't think any agents are in a big rush. Everyone's kind of in a holding pattern. And then when the time is right for both parties, triggers will get pulled. But, you know, you, you sit there and you feel like, that kind of like hamstrings a guy like Brad Tree Living and handcuffs him in a lot of ways to, to doing other things. You know, you want to sign Ryan O'Reilly and Luke Shen and, you know, Camp needs to come back or Kerfoot and these different contracts. But it seems like you can't really plug away at that type of stuff and really get a, an idea of where you're sitting until these big boys get done. And it's just a matter of, you know, phone calls, agents. How long does it take to you to you get back? Oh, my client didn't get back to me this afternoon. We'll call back in the morning, but you know, so-and-so is not on his phone because he's flying all of a sudden a day and a half's gone by things just kind of take time to go. And if one person's being stubborn or, you know, yeah. they're a million and a half apart on this, then maybe you got to sit on it for two days and it just takes time to get it done. But you know, when you're trying to make moves at the draft and you want to put together something, it just, it makes me feel like there's not going to be any big splash, any blockbuster deal go down. Um, and I think that uh, it'll kind of be underwhelming, but I have been proven wrong before and it is a funny game and a funny time of year and, and things do happen. So that's why we watch. That's why we wait. But at the end of the day, I feel like true living feels like he's kind of in a holding pattern trying to get these two big boys done. It's just fascinating because following another disappointing ending to a Stanley cup playoff run for this team, the narrative was, Oh, like the media gives way too much attention to the core four. at least this is coming from the Shanahan camp. And yet again, here we are at an NHL draft and all the conversations about the core four because this team can't do anything because they pay those guys so much money. It is a lot of a lot of money going to a few group of guys. And I mean, if yeah. they're I mean, you know, with that Marner thing that I said, bottom line, I said that he doesn't have enough enough jam, enough intensity to get it done in the playoffs. He doesn't seem to want to go to the dirty areas, get dirty, grind, muck 
you know, get sweaty, get dirty, get bloody, get in the battle. He doesn't seem to have that. He's not that type of player. He's a phenomenal hockey player. And when I say that, the naysayers that get mad just start throwing stats in my face. Yeah, the guy scores goals. Yeah, the guy puts up points. But then why do they not get it done in the playoffs? If you have these four guys that you say, we value them at this much money, this is what they command, we're going to pay it to them, we're going to eat up all our cap because they're going to get us towards the Stanley Cup. And year after year, they just are ghosts in the time of need when it's the most important time, which you should build your team for a playoff series, for a playoff run, and they continually can't get it done. It makes it tough to be really confident of giving them even more money and locking them down for even longer because... You know, are they going to do anything different? They've kind of, from what we've seen right now, yeah, great hockey players, good numbers, good stuff, but why aren't they the types of players that get it done in the playoffs? And is that just a matter of maturing? Is that just a matter of getting experience? Are they kind of like the Capitals where they're they're getting there and they're getting closer? And you could argue that, say, they got through the first round, they ran into a buzzsaw and they got goalied by, you know, um, Bobrovsky. And you could say all those things and they could be true. So bottom line is I think they're kind of committed to these guys. Um, the cap is going to be eaten up by these guys unless some blockbuster bloody thing gets thrown out in the next week. I believe we're going to be, you know, I don't want to say stuck with these guys because they're phenomenal hockey players and we're lucky to have them, but they're going to be there and they're going to be part of the, you know, the core of this team. Or it can be the Calgary Flames and everybody wants out and don't want to be there, right? I was talking to some of the Barnburner guys. I had to throw the jab because some of them are in the room right now and make sure to check out their show coming up. And they're going to talk about Tyler Toffoli going for peanuts to the New Jersey Devils. Oh. But I think the big thing here and the consensus seems to say that the one thing they're going to look to attack, they being Brad Tree Living, is the back end, right? I think we saw the body of work, obviously, with the Calgary Flames and the Leafs, again, have been linked to Eric Carlson. Dude, I don't know who's doing the linking. Maybe it's just because it's the Toronto Maple Leafs. How in the hell do you make this work? Again, everything stems back to the core four. Yeah, pretty hard to, to add a, a Norris Trophy winning defenseman there with uh, with the cap the way it is, only going up by a million bucks. And I mean, remember when we were within, like, was it $25 or even less that we were up against the cap at oh. at, at October, November there. And it's just like, Jesus, you don't have, you don't have room to do anything. And on one hand, you want to use all your cap and put together the best team you can. But on the other hand, if you're so hamstrung, you can't do anything. You know, you're, you're putting yourself in a position with the cap, but I don't get how you could lock this guy up. Everybody wants him. Everyone's chomping at the bit. What do you give up to get this guy? You're going to have to give up something. And, um, you know, you see on Twitter, like, uh, say hello to a new era of mental health care. Cerebral is here to help you achieve your mental wellness goals with professional therapy and medication management support. 100% online. You'll experience the all-new Cerebral way, an innovative approach to mental wellness designed around you. You'll get a personalized treatment plan from a therapist, prescriber, or both in a safe and judgment-free space. Your Cerebral therapist or prescriber will outline a customized plan with clear milestones along the way, so you can get to feeling your best. With Cerebral, you're not alone in your mental health journey. We're here to empower you to live a fulfilling life. So take that first step towards a brighter future and sign up today at Cerebral.com slash podcast 
and use code ACAST to get 15% off your first month. Offer only valid on monthly plans. Other exclusions may apply. Offer ends July 31st, 2024. See site for details. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. What do they say? Marner and our 28th overall for Carlson and, and whatever their Wait, pick is. this? That's just nuts. <laughs> I don't know, man. Let's, let's see Tree Living's magic, dude. It would be... Uh, would be something else, but honestly, you can't get that guy without without breaking something up cap wise. It's always concerning knowing that you're relatively new on on Twitter. You're probably following like a fa- a fake Frank Saravalli account, and you're like, "Hey, Martin has been dealt. That's it. I, I can't wait for you to break a, a trade on this show, and it actually doesn't go down." But I've had well, <laughs> I've had mistakes that are pretty funny, usually grammar wise on uh, on yeah. Twitter. But I just like to check out what people are throwing out there. I'm not a big cap guy. I'm not a big contract guy. Yeah. I like to put the bodies in place. Let's look at them and see what we can do with them um, from an actual play standpoint. But I mean, if they could make Carlson work, I don't think you do it without, without blowing some stuff up. Oh man. Like dissecting that just from player point of view, like Eric Carlson, to the back end of the Toronto Maple Leafs would be unbelievable. I mean, he's coming off a Norris, you know, season. And I think everybody is looking to find a way for them to ignite their offense, find their offense, what it mattered most. And that is the Stanley cup playoffs, right? And everything comes in your back end. And I don't know if they have in terms of enough, like Morgan Riley types, you know, moving the puck up. Like, I mean, as one cohesive unit. So like, that's the wonder for me from a Carlson standpoint, I really like the fit, obviously. How I would be, you just think about what that would look like with him carrying the puck up, entering the zone, being dangerous, uh, you know, penetrating down the middle and what that would force the opposition to do. You got to, you got to back off. You got to like be positionally sound. Usually you got your forwards kind of doing that, taking care of your deer, hanging back, doing their thing. When you have a high powered offensive defenseman like that, it kind of breaks up the, your, your, uh, your opponent's ability to defend. And all of a sudden, you know, you put too much emphasis on, covering him coming up from the back end and you open up all kinds of other things and you think about the Marners and Matthews and Nylanders and Tavares's and all these guys, what happens to them when this guy starts putting plays together in the offensive zone? It's, it's scary. And you know, he's also fairly defensively sound His plus minus that last year was garbage, but so is his team. And you know, with uh, just what he can do on the power play and just add to what's already just a deadly offense is, is pretty, pretty appealing. He's a wizard. There's no doubt about that. But again, that that conversation only starts if the Leafs are willing to talk about one of those key four guys or core four guys, whether it's Marner or Nylander. Those are the two guys in my world. Yeah. I just think it's really unlikely. And from all accounts, even being around Frank Saravalli the last couple of days, like they're only willing to retain around 20%. I just don't see how it makes sense from the Maple Leafs perspective. Cap wise, the player would be phenomenal. But again, I just don't know if it's going to be a fit. Dude, I'm always so careful when seeing rumors and tweets this time of year, but like there were reports yesterday that the Leafs are circling back. Like David Kampf makes sense. And maybe that's the one they're stressing and looking at more specifically, but Alex Kerfoot's name surfaced again yesterday. Why in the world would you bring him back? Yeah, I don't know. It just seems kind of like a, a warm body at times, you know, and we talked about Pierre Engvall and Kerfoot kind of in the oh. same sentence through most of the year before they moved Engvall out. And it's just like, 
like that team needs something and I hate to be a broken record, but that team needs some intensity and some jam and some Darcy Tucker to its bottom six and a guy like Kerfoot, you know, he's are, are you, is he skilled enough offensively? Is he speedy enough to be a guy that doesn't have to play that way? I don't think so. Does he have the size and ability just to like, just to bang and crash a little bit and dig and forecheck and, and get in the goalie's face and, and get in some scrums and grab guys by the, by the collar and say, where are you going? And that's all you got to do is just play with a little bit of an edge, but he's just kind of out there hoping, hoping to get, you know, into the soft spot where the puck gets loose. And it's just like, well, fuck, what do you, you can't, you do that all year long. You do that playoffs. It's just not going to happen for you. You got to pull, you got to reinvent your game to stay in the NHL, to stay on this team to make the powers that be need to have you. And it's, there's this gaping hole in the Leafs game that is preventing them from having playoff success. And no one seems to be willing to step up and fill that hole. And a guy like him could, but apparently just not willing to, but I mean, you want to be that guy that plays every day and that's valuable and your stock goes higher. It's just literally play with more aggression and be more physical. It would answer that for him, but he's just, he doesn't do it. And therefore I feel like he's totally expendable. And, and that's the thing for me. And I think you're right. And I do think a lot of those UFAs are expendable. Like I wouldn't be shocked if any of them came back. Maybe Luke Shen, as we've talked about the last couple of weeks, they're trying to make it work on Ryan O'Reilly. But again, full circle to this conversation all day long, Rosie, everything stems to the core four. You probably still have a boner. I don't know what your algorithm looks like when it comes to say that 10 times fast, but I don't know what your algorithm looks like when it comes to Twitter, but the Leafs have been linked to Nikita Zadorov, dude. You must be beaming with excitement. Yeah, man. He looks good. I mean, if the Flames get absolutely dismantled, which it looks like they're doing, and you can pick up some of their key components, I think Tyler Toffoli would have been unbelievable. Talk about a guy yeah. who who does work his nuts off, who does jam in there and just is just a little buzzsaw in there. Um, would have been a great addition, and they gave him away for for not very much. I mean, uh, imagine being in the Flames organization right now. I've never really seen it where guys just, like two years ago, they were like a Stanley Cup contender and now they're absolutely dismantled. And, you know, you lose your two big boys and you think that you, you know, tree living, you know, he did do a good job. His job's to move guys' names around on paper. He did a phenomenal job, you know, bringing in Uyghur and, and bringing in Huberto. And then Huberto just has one of the biggest fall-offs in NHL history. Um, a whole bunch of other guys just want to bail on the team. Markstrom can't really stop a puck this year for reasons unknown after being phenomenal the year before. Their their organization is in shambles, but looking from the Leafs' point of view, if you can scoop up some of their talent and add to your team when guys are fleeing the coop, it would be fantastic. And I'm a big fan of, you know, a lot of these guys. Yeah, you love Nikita Zadorov. Like, that is your guy. You talked about him a lot this year, didn't you? Yeah, he's a big beauty. He hits, he <laughs> plays physical, he's a monster. He gets the puck done, he moves it up up well and uh you know a lot of flames fans really like this kid and uh he'd be a welcome addition kind of what we're looking for on the on the leafs roster so rosie i have an idea for our first trip together with leafs morning take to do the show on the road we should head off to pittsburgh or do the pittsburgh game at scotia bank arena the schedule was released yesterday um, highlighted some of the key dates the home opener the season opener october 11th against the montreal canadians October 19th, Toronto at Florida first meeting since uh, the Panthers just destroyed them in the Stanley Cup playoffs. And December 16th, Kyle Dubas returns to Toronto. I wonder how crazy that atmosphere is going to be. It's not going to be crazy at all because we know that arena. 
Yeah, I don't know. When a, a GM comes in, what is it going to be a little dog? <laughs> Does he get a video tribute? Uh, Thank you, Kyle. That? Does he get huh? a video tribute? Does he? Yeah. I highly doubt it. I don't think you'll see from him. I don't think you'll hear from him. There'll just be a little dot up in the press box and they'll show <laughs> him on the feed a couple of times and talk about how he moved on and that'll be it. I don't think uh, there'll be much to speak of, but no doubt the media will make a big deal about it when he uh, comes to town. Did you ever get a video tribute when you returned to Toronto and with the Flyers? <laughs> no, I had to fight the guy that took my number and I was like, geez, you didn't think about putting that baby in the rafters or what? I believe his name was Fraser McLaren. That's right. Yeah, that he probably was. I thought fought Orzy first, though, when we came back. First game back in Toronto, I scored the game winner for the Flyers and fought Colton North. So it was a, a nice start to the Flyers' career there back in Toronto. I couldn't really wrote it too much better, but that's probably the highlight of my career, which there was not very many, as hey, you can I, find I, it on Twitter. No, I was going to say, I've been reading the mentions on your viral uh, tweet or our viral tweet from the Leafs Nation Twitter the other day about Mitch Marner, and you said he was too weak to even lift the Stanley Cup to remind all to go check it out. But uh, you had, what, eight career points or something like that? Yeah, no, I mean, five and a half goals. One got disallowed. So, I mean, I'm putting the biscuit in the back of the net, but no one would finish when I dished him the rock. So, I mean, that's not on me. You got to surround me with better players, man. Yeah, no, I think you're a top six guy living in a bottom six world, unfortunately. Um, Mike Babcock returns December 14th, dude. What's the atmosphere going to be like for that one? Probably, again, uneventful. Yeah, most likely it'll be funny seeing him in the building behind the behind the bench. It'll be funny seeing him behind any NHL building's bench. It'll be odd. I didn't know if that guy would be able to get a job again. And again, the success he's had, I think that X's and O's and knowing what it takes, I think he's fantastic coach. Like he could write a book and I think he has on coaching and that's great. But his people skills and his relationships with players is fucking probably as, as bad as it gets. And I shouldn't say that. I know there's way worse out there that haven't been exposed. There's some coaches that are just unbelievably wretched with the way they handle their players. It is an absolute, you are just a sack of meat. They don't even give a shit what your name is. Just give me what I want or get out of my face. Like they're, it can get bad and Babcock's the, you know, the biggest name to be exposed by that. But whatever reason he, uh, he doesn't have very good player relationships and we'll see if he's been able to fix that or not from getting uh, some feedback from what happens in Columbus this year. Yeah. He's not officially the head coach of the Columbus Blue Jackets because he needed his final 15 bucks on that contract with the Maple Leafs. So I think July 1st, they're going to make it official. I just wonder what the chances are. We see this sort of like Bobby Valentine-esque with the mustache from Babcock in the building. Like he finds his way to Bridgestone arena tonight and watches the draft from the crowd. Yeah, we'll see. I don't know what the guy's doing, man. I do know that he was doing like a courtesy coaching gig up in Saskatchewan when he got yeah. canned from everything in the NHL. And I knew a guy that was working within the the league and they said he's just a joke, man. He doesn't give a shit about anything. He's literally doing it just for appearances. I don't I just I don't have a high opinion on the guy. Besides the Commodore stuff, I've heard so many other things that are just yeah. brutal and he's weaseled his way back in. So we'll see what he does. For the record, I extended a text to Mike Babcock like five months ago to come on this show and surprisingly just crickets, absolute <laughs> ghost from Mike Babcock. It's it's Weird. so unfortunate. Can't believe it. I know. I, I was shocked. I, I was even going to send the ghost emoji back to him. But nonetheless, the Botano wrap-up is presented by Botano.ca. The game starts now 19+. plus. Please play responsibly. Well, first and foremost, I encourage all to go check out um, you know the latest content with Daily Faceoff with Frank Saravalli, disclosing potentially what that draft order could look like. I think you can make some money tonight. 
Yeah, we'll see, man. I mean, I think the, you know, obviously that first overall is pretty locked up, but you know, as you go down the line, it, it could be kind of anything. And you look at the the odds and you see what people need. It'd be a fun time to start piecing together what you what you think the moves are going to be made and trying to put together maybe a little parlay of like the one, two, three picks or something like that would be pretty interesting. Because every year it seems like something comes out of left field and just being here in Music City the last couple of days, you can't escape a conversation without talking about Matt Vemichkov, right? And I think the important thing to stress is that he's here in person. He's finally had conversations with teams. And I think the opinion has changed to an extent. Like it sounds like Philadelphia is very, very interested in him. And does he have to stay his three year in Russia? Or can he just bail on that? Like, what's the parameters of what he has to do? I guess it's up to Putin or what's the deal? <laughs> I, I guess, I guess there's no real honest rules about this thing, but a quality player. And I think his draft status will probably slip obviously from if he were to be playing in the O or the dub or something right now. But uh, I do think that someone's going to take a stab on him, assuming that they can get him out of Russia in the next handful of years. I think it'd be cool to see him end up with the Washington Capitals just with Kuznetsov there and obviously Alex Ovechkin and maybe he's part of the future there. But yeah, that's that's the big wonder with Michkov specifically is like he still has three years remaining on his deal. Who's to say he doesn't sign a new one in the KHL? Like it's just a, a wild card move, but there's no doubt next to Connor Bedard, he is the second best prospect, you know, in many eyes. And obviously he's going to slip a bit here in this draft. We'll see how far, you know, Adam Fantilli is expected to go second overall. We'll see if happens, if that comes to fruition as well. Leo Carlson's another name uh, to look at as well. Just looking at the chat here, Rosie to wrap. Um, a lot of the conversation unsurprisingly has been about uh, the core four and the need to shed themselves of one of those guys to make anything work. Like we had that Carlson conversation it just until they have a true focus in mind, what happens here the next couple of days, they really can't make any big time decisions. Like I don't expect much from the Leafs today. No, it's weird. And I mean, let's go through it. I mean, Austin Matthews is their franchise tag player that they, they're, they're not going to let him go. Um, Willie Nylander is kind of one of the guys who's really stood out as being, you know, a performer and, and, and looked really solid. Mitch Marner, also, his numbers are really good and whatnot, but his ability to get on the playoffs isn't totally, you know, solidified by any means. Is he the guy to take you to the promised land or not? And then you got John Tavares. No one's going to take that contract. He's not going anywhere. So you're kind of stuck and hamstrung unless you really do want to say, screw it. I am moving a Marner or a Nylander, in my opinion. And I just, I just don't know if there's enough appetite for someone to take them and give them what you're worth to make it worthwhile for true living. But uh, stranger things have happened, man. It's uh, it'll be interesting. I don't expect a lot of fireworks, but crazier things have happened. Kyle writes in Brody Murray, the 28th for EK retained. If it was that, if it was that easy, it would have been done. <laughs> Seriously. Why would they want that? I don't know. Dude, I always laugh. Like people throw again. I love trades. As we know, I tweet that like 17 times a day. But like some of the trade requests out there by fans who think they're legit and giving these trade requests are insane to me. And they're just like, well, if I was running the Leafs, I would like to make this deal. It's like you don't say, but, you know, it's a two way street, man. And you can't unload your garbage for a golden egg. It just doesn't work that way. Unfortunately not, Rosie. So we look forward to tonight again. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap uh, round one. If anything happens from a trade front, we'll be on top of things. Again, you can check everything out over at the Leafs Nation 401 on YouTube. You can find us wherever you get your podcast. Just search Leafs Morning Takes. So uh, we'll leave it at that. Enjoy the draft tonight, bud. Where will you be watching? 
Yeah, um, I think I'll be having, I'm on my days off. I might crank a few beers at my house or a buddy's house, catch Shocker. up and, and see what kind of picks get thrown around. Maybe I'll see you with your shirt off twirling around in the crowd. It's very likely, dude, the last couple of days have been a blur, but I've been waiting for draft night. So this is going to be a Frank fun is, uh, Frank is dragging you down, man, making you into an animal. Frank the Tank gets his claws in you. Well, that's exactly it. That is exactly it. So uh, we'll we'll talk again tomorrow. Thank you to everybody in the chat, everybody here uh, on site in Nashville. It's It's been fantastic. Been a great time. I'm looking forward to the draft tonight. And thank you to everybody in the chat. So uh, we'll talk tomorrow. Take care.